So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode six of season five, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Chance and Taylor have a baby, Derek plans to see Monique, Lindsay and Blaine make up, Cameron and Eris make up, Brittany and Marcelino make up, Puppy moves out, while Amber has an investment opportunity. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, and if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, great, because it's spring break, but yes. it would only be made better if it was a little warmer outside. Right. I think this is the one time we just talked about it offline. It's warmer here than it is there. So Yes, yes. And you're well, also on spring break. And I, I think am, this is... Yes, also on spring break. Yeah, and we rarely have spring breaks that overlap, so... Yeah. Good for us. It's good a good for week. Us. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, get started with uh, a couple that maybe are having a good day, and that's Eris and Cameron. So Cameron calls Steph, his sister, to tell her about the fight Eris and he had about him going to the studio when she asked him to get a job. Steph sides with Eris, saying that he's not young and he's married, so he should apologize. Cameron thinks they both could have handled things differently. He makes some tea for Eris and lies to her about how he slept on the couch, which he says, fine. Cameron says he did a couple of accidental renovations last night, including breaking the family frame. He apologizes, even though he doesn't think he didn't do anything wrong, but he acknowledges he knows why she was frustrated and mad. Cameron tells her that he never wants her to feel like he's prioritizing anything over her. Eris says that she just needs some assistance, and I think she means financially. Mm-hmm. Cameron says he'll go job hunting and understands that she wants him to have a more reliable income. They both apologize, and Cameron then plays his song for Eris that he recorded, and she loves his reference to himself as a muffin man, which we disturbingly found out meant sex, sexy time. Eris warns him that if he doesn't answer his phone again in the future, she'll roll up on his ass. During the commercial break, we get Cameron trying to be a cool dad by hiding from Eris and Lena to pop out on them when Lena tries to get food and pops out and wonders, how is he able to fit in such small spaces? Uh, so uh, that's pretty much all we had with Eris and Cameron. Um, I appreciate that they both, uh, you know, admit admitted fault in some sense but do you agree with what Eris said where she said if you don't think you did anything wrong how can you apologize well yeah that's kind of part of the apology like is is remorse right Mm -hmm. and you have to have remorse to apologize which means you have to think you did something wrong to apologize so Mm -hmm. I mean I think I think it's just a little bit of a semantic argument about what he considers doing wrong. Like at the end of the day, he's like, yes, I didn't do the thing that you asked me to do and that I promised I would do. I just don't think the thing I chose was wrong. And uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't know if he was quite apologizing for the right aspect of what happened. Well, yeah. I think maybe they're both having a different argument as well. Yeah. Because I feel like her argument is why don't you pick up the phone? And his yes. argument was, I wasn't cheating on you. I was working, right? 
I right. think that, you know, it's like, I, but I also think that, you know, that was the part that they could kind of resolve. But the other part where she's like, get a job, you know, that was, you know, maybe the same argument. But I think they were fighting about different things. Right. Yeah. I mean, because it was, it was, yeah, you're right. It was the phone, the not texting back, which she would might be okay with if it was, because you didn't have a text back. I'm going to the studio. I won't be able right. to talk for a couple hours. Like, yeah. she'd be okay with that. Well, depending on how long a couple hours goes, because I could see him doing that, not like texting again, okay, I'm done, and just like going to hang out at the bar or whatever. And now it's like, you know, you had two hours of studio time and it's five hours later and I still haven't heard from you, then she right. might she might be have an issue with that. Um, yeah, which I mean is one of the things that he's going to buck at um, because he's one, he kind of has had that long life of I don't like people trying to control me, man. Like yeah. people don't tell me what to do. Which he seems to be pretty good at realizing that's not going to work anymore. <laughs> right, like right. That. Yeah, that is. I do appreciate that he's like, oh, I'm a married man. There's different expectations for me now. And what I thought was really great, too, is uh, in having his conversation with his sister, Steph, like if you remember from like the beginning of I can't remember if it was this season or the last season where they just got married. The family isn't Eris's hugest fan. So it was nice that Steph was objective, like with the um uh with her kind of like advice and like, nah, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I, I think they've all been dealing with this enough, and we kind of see this on other ones. It's great if you have a dream and you want to make it in the music industry. Yeah. Until you're actually making money at it though, it's not right. a job. Like yeah. they keep saying, This is gonna be my job. This is my job. I'm in the studio, this is my career. Is what I'm doing is like if you haven't made money at it, you are not a professional. Like right. definitionally what a professional is, is someone who makes money doing this. And maybe one day you will be a professional, but you're not yet and you have to have an income. Like she needs a second income. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what is with her shirts? Why does she have the weirdest shirts? Like like we held the boob shirt from last year. Like yeah. it was like a picture of like a drawing of boobs with nipple rings in it. Yes. Um, and now we have this one. I looked at her today. It just is like a shirt that says hood music and fine dining. Like I don't understand any of what she wears. I don't know. But how much <laughs> do you want to bet that it has something to do with either her trying to sell a shirt or a friend? She's trying to help out a friend trying oh, to sell a shirt. Oh, that could very that could very well be true you that know. she has some sort of shirt selling business or a friend yeah. has a shirt selling business. Sure. Because, I mean, this show certainly attracts, like, influencer wannabes or people trying to monetize from being on the show. So, Oh, that's definitely for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's let's go ahead with people who have been around a long, long enough time to monetize and also weren't in the episode very much, and that's Brittany and Marcelino. So after the fight at the bar last episode, Brittany and Marcelino were just fighting in the parking lot. So she's mad that he keep but like he keeps just bringing up how much he misses Vegas, which we saw last time, and that doesn't really scream like tell her how much he loves her or cares about her or is willing to give up because it's just like, hey babe, I love you, but I miss Las Vegas. She even like makes whiny noises at him. So he's upset. Uh, he says he's upset, but that makes him tend to bottle things up. And so then when she's like, why aren't we talking? Why is there no passion? It's just because he's kind of bottling things up. So he apologizes. He kind of sarca maybe sarcastically apologizes for not being able to do everything and not being Superman. And then 
I'm not even sure what was going on in this conversation. It just ended like with them being like, can you do that for me? Can you do that for me? I need you to be strong. Can you be strong? I need you to be strong. Can you be strong? Yes. They just back and forth with each other. But they both promise they're going to try, I guess. So Brittany says that they still have a lot to talk about and a lot to deal with, but she's willing to kind of let this thing that happened at the bar go. And by let it go, she means like, I guess getting busy because they get home and they just like start making out and close the door. <laughs> so at least things are getting a little bit better there. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I guess – I mean do we see that? Do we, do, do we think this was like any motion forward? Because I mean at the end of the day, one of the things she was – she says was missing was the physical aspect. And it does yes. seem they're at least giving that a go. Um, yes. So is this I- a step forward? Yeah, I definitely took that to mean that because, you know, it's like, I think it is frustrating for them being in a tough spot for you to hear the right things, but feel like there's no action behind it. And I feel like that's a lot of Brittany's frustration is like, he says he's there for her, but he's really just taking care of the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, like he says these things, but, and then now it's gotten to be the other way where he says that he doesn't want to be there. He says he'd rather be in Vegas, but it's just like, he needs to um, reassure her in a more physical way because she doesn't need the verbal affirmations at this point. She needs to know that he's, physically there, willing to be her husband, a good husband, and to make her feel like she said, she's been feeling depressed because she feels like undesirable. Um, And so she really wants that. So I think that's certainly a step in the right direction, them being intimate, you know, like makes her feel, I'm sure, attractive and wanted. So I don't know, maybe things will go in the right direction. Who knows? Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that the more and more we watch and we see of them, the more and more it's like super important to Brittany that the intimacy is still there, right? Yeah. Like she puts a lot of stock into I'm gauging how well our relationship is going based on how much sex we're having. Right. right. I think and that's a lot of couples though. It is. And I, and like that's also kind of a dangerous spot to be in because that yes. makes it really easy to kind of fake being in the relationship by just going – by just doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's really easy to – um, and I, I, to be honest, I've been in Brittany's shoes. It's really easy to make somebody think that nothing's wrong, mm-hmm. right? Just because you, you know, are still sleeping together, right? Yeah. And, um, and so that is, you know, I, I, get, I totally get where she's coming from, mm-hmm. but I also think that, uh, maybe it's not the best, <laughs> the best gauge to be using, um, nah. moving forward. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, but. I don't know. I do you sometimes feel like they just seem like such a fake couple now. Yeah, they kind of do. It, 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 they don't. They don't seem believable. I mean, they 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 do seem like a, they do interact with each other like a divorced couple. Like there yes. are the kids. We'll be cordial to each other. We'll be civil to each other. But like uh, the drive and the the um, I wouldn't say the attraction necessarily, but that that core like you know connection that was there that that that's, that needs to be there for a partnership and a marriage to work just kind of like isn't and yeah. like and so it, it, they definitely give off to ex-wife ex-husband energy yes yeah i definitely can see that too like that's why i'm kind of suspicious like we, we kind of joked about them monetizing on being on the show at this point it's like are they even still a couple i feel like they're just faking being together just to be on another season 
Right. I mean, I de- it, it certainly seems like it's part of their like you, you know future plans and income stream because I don't know. I mean, do we even know what either of them do? She's a realtor and he's still trying to be a gambler. But it's like, I'm sure real estate probably is not thriving right now with the interest rates being so high. Well, interest rate, there's a a huge problem with interest rates and there's a huge problem with supply. Like there's literally just, yes, the interest rates are high. So things are inflated in price, but they're deflated in price. Sorry, the prices are lower than they would be when they have Mm -hmm. high interest rates. No, but they, but. Weirdly, they're already – they're also super high because of a lack of supply. Like – and there's yeah. only – you know, if there's only 10 houses for sale in, in town, like – There's only to- that many transactions you can be a part of. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Right. So I just – I feel like they don't really have a whole lot going on um, right now in terms of money. So I feel like, yeah, let's fake being on this show for another season and try get what we can out of it. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. – that- <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to Justine and Michael, speaking of Vegas. So Mm -hmm. Justine is looking through the bank records, and she notices that $12,000 is missing. She confronts Michael about it. He reminds us that he bought a ring to surprise Justine for when they're in Vegas, but he wasn't able to replace the money in their joint account fast enough for her not to realize. Justine is asking that he tell her the truth, but instead he makes up a story about an opportunity with Bitcoin. Justine is fine with making money because she says she loves money just like the next bitch, but she's upset that she wasn't consulted on this investment. Michael says it doesn't matter and he shouldn't have to involve her with all his financial decisions. Justine says that this is the reason she felt hesitant to quit her job because she didn't want to be dependent on his money when he's not totally transparent about all of it. Michael says it's hard for him to do something special for someone with no chill. They start arguing about who puts money in the account. And Michael says that he made her a boss. And Justine says he actually made her a maid. Justine is trying to just let it go by telling him just to talk to her in the future about any kind of big finance decisions because she doesn't want to ruin their Vegas vacation. But she thinks he's still hiding something. Justine says she hasn't been on vacation in 14 years, so she's really looking forward to Vegas. Justine is going with Michael to see Mocha in the studio, and she promises to be on her best behavior. Mocha doesn't know that Justine will be there, and Michael is a little nervous for Mocha to find out that Justine is pregnant. Justine tries to make small talk with Mocha when she arrives, but he is really short with her. Michael tells us that the last time he performed was at the 2017 Latin Grammys. And Mocha starts making promises to Michael, and he drops the news. Michael drops the news that Justine is pregnant. And Mocha immediately looks annoyed as he kind of hollowly congratulates Michael and then asks to speak to him in private. Mocha tells him that he's disappointed. Michael tells him that he feels like he missed out on so much life when he was in prison. Mocha asks him what he's going to do when they're on tour. Mocha then asks him when was the last time he heard of a married rapper getting signed. Mocha says he's competing against young people who don't have responsibilities and can just grind and be in the studio all the time and just travel and tour all the time. Mocha tells him that Michael just needs to take off the ring if he wants to make this happen. And Michael caves and agrees. And Mocha tells him about a show tomorrow where a lot of industry people will be there and discusses his social media. 
Uh, Mocha asks him to take down the family pictures from Instagram. And Justine raises her eyebrows, but she does bite her tongue. All right. So what do you think is the reason why married rappers don't get signed? Is it because they have a wife? And the whole idea of, you know, them, uh, you know, being single is like not attracting the female fan base. Or is it because the other thing he implied where, you know, they can't they have obligations and they can't be in the studio all the time and uh, it's, it's the second one. It's the second <laughs> one. Like, it, I mean, he, he's he's not wrong that it's like, oh, I see a guy who's married. He has obligations. He's got to be home at night. Right. He's got to do this. He can't take, be taken. Whereas you get this up and it's 18-year-old kid, throw a little bit of money at him, be like, eh, just you're going to live on the road for six months now. Go. Right. right. And he's going to go and go and grind. And then, oh, when you're done, get that, be in the studio. Out at night till 2 a.m. every morning and stuff. Like, yeah, that's a young man's game. You can't yeah. do that when you have a wife and kids. However – Taking off your ring doesn't change that. He still right. can't do that stuff. Yeah. Like, and like studios are going to find out that he can't do that stuff when he has to stop – start refusing them. So right. it's a stupid, stupid fake thing about him taking off this ring and taking it off social media. Like they're still going to know. And it's yeah. also – I was also bothered by that. They're like, when's the last time you heard of a, a married rapper getting signed by a a, a, a major record label? What, does he have committed to memory every rapper that's signed by a major level and also their relationship status? Like, he, how right. do you know that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I would go the other way. Name the last time somebody over 30 got signed as a rapper for a major record label. Right. Like, that's that's the question I'd ask. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It, it, he was, wasn't really, to me, kind of drawing the right conclusions because, you know, yes, you're, I agree with you. Like, what does taking off his ring or is it really – are you really concerned about losing the female fan base? Is that really what this is about or is it, like, the time you're going to put in? So, I don't know um, if he's going to be able to do any of that because, like – he even said to Mocha, like, sure, I'll be on tour, whatever you need me to do, whatever. It's like, I don't think Justine is going to be cool with this if she's super pregnant or has a newborn at home. You're just going to be gone for months at a time. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way that she'd be okay with that yet. Brand new newborn, four other kids in the house. Yeah. Right? And just being like, yeah, that's cool. You can just – be out there grinding for months at a time without coming home or without, like, no, she's not going to be okay with that. Why would she be okay? No. With, she already had him in pr prison. Like, this is, how is that different from for her? Yeah. You know, for her, that's basically the same thing. Um, it's still, I'm, I'm FaceTiming you like every once in a while. Like, that's, that's unacceptable, like, as a father. And that's why it's like this. Cause they did say that. He did say, you know, there are married rappers, which, I'm finally did because I was looking up like married rappers. I was like, you know, you get Jay Z and Beyonce and Cardi B and Offset. You know, there's yeah. like everybody is like married, right? I feel like they're all right. married now. But he is right. It's like after they're established and famous and have a career, yeah, they marry somebody and, and get credit for that. But so that's where it, that's what makes me think. Oh, the female fans don't disappear, right? right. Because they know you're married. It's yeah. it's more of a grind thing. Yeah, and he's right because uh, I think it is going to be difficult for him. And plus, like, he has so many children. Forget the new one on the way. Yeah, all oh, the other one. They have the one that lives with them and the ones that he has yep. He has off. I don't know. It's, it's funny because uh, we were talking uh, with Brittany Marcelino about the, um, you know, I guess we'll just go on reality TV to make money. 
And yeah. so I, I actually looked up the the club or the bar that they're going to be at, right? The right. Cork and Thorn. Apparently, that was on a bar rescue episode. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's that, funny. Dude, that place is just like, can we get on more reality shows? That was good for us. More of us go on reality shows. Oh, goodness. That is pretty funny. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. And the, the other, and the other thing that bothered me about it was the first half of the episode. Like he made up some bullshit about crypto, whatever, whatever, right? Yeah. So to try to cover his tracks. And then he got like really upset that she was like questioning him. <laughs> like, and I was like, he's like, I don't feel like you're being completely honest. And it's like, well, he wasn't. And so it was weird for him to come back and be like, I don't like how you're trying to tell me what you didn't even do. You're defending something you didn't even do. It's right. so weird. That in general really does bother me. It's like when people like their strategy of getting out of something is to turn around and get mad because it's like you're just deflecting and you're just, you know, trying to be on the offensive here. If I get mad at her, she'll stop questioning and she'll just kind of accept like the original statement, which is kind of what happened. But then that just kind of makes me feel like, man, this dude's manipulative. Oh, yeah. I understand that it's for a positive thing in the end, but this time. But this time right? it is, right? This yeah. time it is. What if he actually did invest in crypto and NFTs next time? Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> I thought it was funny that she was kind of like, oh, good job. Like, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, no, what's no. wrong with you guys? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I know, I know. All right. So thinking of no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> let's go with uh, – both of mine are no, don't do, don't do that situations. So – I'm going to go with uh, Derek and Monique. So since Monique's last trip to Cleveland went just awful, horribly, um, Derek, they're changing it up. And this time Derek is is packing up now to visit her in Chicago. So he says that they talked a lot um, and that now everything is good between them. Well, again, he says a lot. This is from Derek. (laughs) So because he also tells us that he still needs to go get a travel pass to go see her from his parole officer. But then he calls Monique and uh, just lies, saying, I already got it. Yeah, totally approved. I'm on my way. So uh, so he's going to risk – he even makes mention of being risking going even if he doesn't get one, which I can't imagine anything stupider than <laughs> violating your parole on God. camera. So anyway, he hangs up the phone and tells the producers that he hopes he gets his travel pass. And then he goes – comes out and tells Big Ma his plans which include proposing to Monique Monique on this trip, which is such big news that Big Ma has to sit down. She's like, what are you, what are you kidding? I'm, i got to sit down for that. So Big Ma is skeptical that he can clean it up and be as committed as he needs to be. And she isn't really impressed with his ring since, you know, whatever, this is a life journey, this is a life journey, not a day show, she says. So she wants to make sure that he doesn't have any more wild oats out there to sow and also thinks that if he makes this decision, he is going to have to, you know, choose Monique and have her back over his sisters, who she even – I Big Mod does not like these sisters, by the way. She doesn't like <laughs> outrightly say it, but she's like, they never were – they where were they when you were in prison? They never had your back. So yeah. she's really looking out for Monique and Derek even acknowledges that Big Ma like is definitely team Monique, really likes her. <laughs> so she gives him $500 to make his way and then hugs, hugs him goodbye. So at least – Again, again, again. So we we at least know that there's something in his family, something driving that's pro Monique. <laughs> so then he gets in the car with his uncle Al, who asks him about his travel plans, which his travel pass. I'm sorry, which we know he doesn't have yet. So he's like, "Well, I thought you were supposed to hear. Why don't you pick up the phone and call your PO?" So the PO 
She answers the phone and is like, oh, yeah, I was waiting for you to call because the result is, no, you're not allowed to travel. Oh, goodness. So she says that what what the problem was is that she never got his return trip trip information, which is kind of important when you're on parole to make sure you're coming back, right? Um, And, you know, this would have been worked out if he didn't wait till the last minute to try to send everything in and then hangs up on him. So now he's like thinking he has to make a choice because the trip was super important with he was going to propose and everything. So do I violate my parole or, you know, just tell Monique how's this going to work? But before too long, the PO calls back and tells him that he can have his travel pass because turns out the email he sent did have the return trip on it. So uh, it seems like he's going to be on a tight leash, though, and he better and he also better pick up the phone when the when the officer calls. So we ask him if, you know, what, what what's he going to do? If if Monique says no and he's like, that's not a possibility. That's, that's definitely yeah. not going to happen. And he gets to the airport and is on his way. Um, so, I mean, he seems pretty confident. Are you as confident as him that there's absolutely no way she says no? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Because I think that if she, uh, you know, would have said no, it would have been like, you would have said no when he cheated. Right. Yeah, that's true. You would have been right. like, no, nah, be get out. this guy mm-hmm. out of here. Um, I think he knows that he can get away with a lot. Um, I think he thinks that he's got her wrapped around his finger, you know, and uh, I don't think anything that has played out or demonstrated like shows any different. Right. So I don't mm-hmm. think she would say no. I think she's going to say yes and she's going to be super excited about it. But I also feel like we've seen like a weird um, – we haven't seen the in-between, right? Because wasn't the last time we left things, it seemed like they were like okay with things being over. That, yes, they were. They were. It was like, well, she was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm never talking to him again. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going back to Chicago. and mm-hmm. But – I mean, he and you're right. He's not. He has plenty of evidence that as long as he can get her back pick, to pick up the phone again, yeah, it'll be fine. And so I think I, I, we always kind of ask, like, why does he want to marry this woman? What is going on? He doesn't seem that into her. Like yeah. he's cheating on her all the time. He doesn't. Where I think that's it. As I think he sees this as a this is my situation to have my cake and eat it too. I can be married yeah. to this woman and I can go do whatever I want over here and whatever. At the end of the day, she's going to keep me. Right. right. And I, I think just, he's like, that's I, the ideal situation for me. Perfect. Like, what is it, though? It can't just be to say you have someone because in his situation, what he's trying to do, it's worse for him to have someone. But is she bankrolling his life? Like, that's the only thing that I can think of that he's getting something from this. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think he kind of I think he eventually does want a family and does want to hold things down. And. Still, I think he still wants to step out, right? But it's like, well, how many women are going to put up with that? How many people are going to raise my children, keep doing that while I keep stepping out on them, right? And he's like, this is it. This is the only – am I going to find somebody else who puts up with this? And I also kind of think the women he's with – I think the type of women that he goes after when he steps out are the type of women that – you being in a relationship is no obstacle at all. <laughs> it does yeah. not make anything any difficult, any more difficult or less or less difficult. Yeah, I don't know. It would I would question the kind of mom she is. It could go either way. 
She could either be a great mom because we have yet to see her kid on the show, which we usually say that's a good Mm -hmm. parenting decision. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like we've never seen you really reference your kid more than once. So it's like how involved are you in your kid's life? Yeah. And not only we've seen her not reference the kid, but also just like how many times she just up and went to a completely different city to stay for a week. Right, right. So, yeah, it's those situations are kind of weird. So you're just like, well, I don't know. She's either a really great mom or really kind of mediocre, unpleasant mom. Right. And somebody else is actually raising that kid for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to say. All right. uh, Let's move on to Puppy and Amber. They were barely in it. Uh, Amber is meeting up with her friend Ruben and Ruben tells her about an opportunity for Amber to Amber to be a partner uh, for a bar he's going to open up. And Ruben's family, they already own a chain of Mexican restaurants. Amber quit her job a couple weeks ago and is thinking this might be a good opportunity, but she's not sure where she's going to come up with the $50,000 that Ruben is asking her to invest. Ruben also asks what TC thinks of all of this, and Amber says that as long as she's not up to anything shady, TC should be okay. She says that she uh, loves TC and the kids, but she needs something outside of that, especially now that she doesn't have a job. Meanwhile, Puppy is moving in with Queen, their friend, because she's trying to get away from Eric, and she doesn't think he would stop by there. Puppy feels like her and Amber are kind of swapping places in life, and now she is the one who has more freedom. She's single and she's having fun, while Amber is the one coupled up with TC and his kids. Queen feels like Puppy isn't quite over Eric and she'll go back, so Queen tries to convince her that everything Eric says is what every man tells his side bitch. Queen says that he's not welcome there, but she can't stop what Puppy does when she leaves the house. Puppy says that she's trying to get over Eric and she wants to stay away from him. Okay, so we hear Puppy say that she wants to get over him, that she wants to stay away from him, but Mm -hmm. do you actually think she will? Because it doesn't seem like anyone thinks she's going to. I've heard Queen, we've heard her mom, we've heard uh, Amber all say, yeah, well, we hope for the best. Yeah, no, I, I... She even knows herself she's going to end up going back, right? And that's like the first step is you have to be like actually determined. Like I want to feel differently is the way Puppy is basically saying. I want to not feel this way that I feel. I want to want something different. And it's like, well, you can't want to want something different. You have to actually want something different. And like she doesn't. And Queen's not wrong. Like this is 100% the narrative of – the other woman that doesn't ever marry the guy, right? Right. But then I'm also confused because it seems like Eric legitimately got divorced to his ex-wife, right? And so she must know that there's someone else, but she just also stubborn and like, I'm going to win him back. I think she is. I, 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 Whatever it is, is I'm like, if if somebody cheats on you, that's not a good sign ever, mm-hmm. right? That's obviously bad. Um, but if – I just feel like there's an extra thing. If they cheat on you with their ex-wife that they just finalized a divorce on, right. it's just like, okay, this divorce isn't over, right? right. Like there's that, that's, that's the implication there is like that is a giant backslide into like an on and off – Thing that's going to go on for years like that's not going to yeah. go away that she's not yeah. going to just be if he can't even not sleep with her anymore no like this is this is and this is somebody that he not now but at one point made a bigger commitment to than he's ever made to you like yeah. he 
Like, and so like, why would you think that, you know, you're from her perspective and just like all of puppy's family says, well, I see how this movie's going to end. Right. right. I know she's going to end going back. I, I would feel the same way about him. I know how this is going to end. I know he's going to end up going back. Yeah. I don't really understand what his motivation or anyone kind of in the situation where, you know, it seems like one person has more power. Like, why is Eric holding on to Puppy if he still has his ex-wife? To me, it's kind of like, well, if you were really torn between the two, someone's made a decision for you. Like, quit trying to get her back. <sighs> yes, but I feel like, I don't know, I kind of get the impression this is maybe too deep of a psychoanalyst that mm-hmm. Eric is not as in control of his relationship with his ex-wife as he is yeah. with Puppy. And he likes being in control. And that's mm-hmm. why he likes having Puppy around is because he likes a relationship where he is 100% in the in control, dictates the terms of everything that's going on, mm-hmm. and that makes him feel safer than this volatile relationship with his ex that he may or may not be able to get back or maybe she wants him, maybe she doesn't. I think she's kind of jerking him around mm-hmm. on that I end. And, that. Then, and so he's like, well, this is the place where I have control and I like having that around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can certainly see that perspective. All right. So uh, – now, and with our uh, our favorites, Chance and Taylor. Oh, so as gosh. we begin, Taylor's still in labor, which is I felt really bad for her. It's definitely not what you want to look like on TV. No. Like it's no, no, nobody should be on TV like this. And um, and Chance is of course being as useless as every dad is in the delivery room. <laughs> um, at least he got to hold up a leg, which uh, is what I did. So yay, yay, yay! <laughs> I held a leg. Woo! So the camera is there for what seems like. The entire delivery, like they never kick the cameras out at all. Um, and thankfully, the delivery does go well. So uh, they put baby, you know, they do that thing where they took baby Mason is born. They put him right on uh, Taylor's chest and chance ties to like pick him up and like take him up. Take him. I want to hold him like immediately. And I was I like, know. this lady I just pushed this like baby that. out for hours. And like he was on there for like 30 seconds. Chance was like, my turn, my turn. Like, God, uh, he's the worst. Like, and it was like. Like I said, really soon before the medical staff took the baby and cleaned it up and did all their stuff, like that's it. He was just – no opportunity at all. Um, but anyway, they do eventually get him cleaned up, cleaned up and you know the shots and all that stuff done and wrap him up in that cl- classic you know white, blue and pink baby blanket that everybody <laughs> has. So they FaceTime with the other kids and Chance hopes this new baby is going to give Taylor more of a reason to trust him. I'm not exactly sure no, where he drew dumb. that line um, but OK. But the next time we see them, things are not so great. And it wasn't even that long after, I'll point out. Five weeks later and I'm like, and it's gotten this bad in five weeks. That's so oh gosh. Yeah, five weeks. Yeah. So we see them five weeks later. Chance has been laid off but hasn't told Taylor yet. Idiot. So his idiotic reasoning for this is that if he tells her, then Taylor will want him to get a – and he uses quotes around this – bonafide job um, and that well, she, he'll, she'll be upset that he's just randomly going around talking to people about work and not like Doing putting in it. applications or interviewing or anything like oh that. So it's just easier just to not let her know about it. So after all, um, you know, he's working toward this goal of being an entrepreneur and if you're willing to – and he even oh, – he like very close to says manifest. He says if you're willing to work – a way will always become available. Oh, gosh. So 
Chance, we see that the whole time Chance was driving while he was telling us all this, and he stops in to his friend John, who is somebody who flips houses. And he says that he can probably give Chance some work, even, even though, you know, Chance hates the idea of asking his friends for this kind of thing. So he does ask, and John says, well, <laughs> we've seen Chance's skills, right, at doing things like renovating houses. So I did think it was notable that John was like, well, we have some demo coming up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, like, I trust you to break things and tear them off of walls. But other than that, eh, I don't know. But either way, he won't have any work available for probably four to six weeks. Chance says that it's a matter of life or death. They will die financially if he can't get work before then. So we switch to Taylor and she's calling Bobby to talk about Chance's, I don't know, behavior being kind of off since he got laid off and she didn't know about it. Namely, uh, about and she thinks it has to do with the financial issues they're having, and how, but also how he's not enough around enough to really help with the baby or do any of that. So yeah. he doesn't have a job. I don't know where is he just leaving the house and pretending he's going to work. That's yes, what's happening, right? I think he is, which is like the worst thing that he could oh do. Oh my god, I would be incensed. We'll get to there anyway. Mm. So. Things between, between Taylor and Bobby also aren't that great though, especially since Bobby kind of bailed on the delivery room. But she, but Taylor says she needs to get things off her chest and she just needs somebody to talk to. So Bobby's going to come around tomorrow to talk about it. We don't get to see that. But back with Chance, he tells us that he had no idea when he got out of jail that things would be this stressful. And he visits his other friend, um, Daryl, that says friend, but I don't know if he's so much a friend as a uh, bartender that knows him, yeah, which is always yeah, always a good sign when the specific bartenders like know your name. Um, so while he's at the bar, he goes back to his old ways of relieving stress and plays some slot machines for a while, and also does like re- keep showing him doing shots. So he thought, man, you know, people are down on their luck. That's who wins at gambling. So he's convinced he was totally gonna win, but ends up losing seventy dollars in thirty minutes. All right, so um, that yeah, let's go with that. I mean, how could I can't even imagine the gasket I would throw if I found out for five weeks or three weeks or whatever long, mm-hmm. my partner when I was at home taking care of four children yeah. was just pretending to go to work. Oh my and gosh. does not have a job. I yeah. would explode. Oh yes. my god. <laughs> That would be grounds for like, sorry, dude, you're out. Like, you're done. How I, are you helping? How are you helping? You're not helping financially. You're not helping physically. It's like you're just trying to. I don't even know what you're trying to do because, like you were saying, like, okay, you don't want to admit to her that you are in this situation. I mean, honestly, you could you could come up with a better lie, like, oh, my work offers paternity leave. Yes. You know, yeah. I can have a few weeks at home with you all, you know, and uh, something like that. Or you can say, OK, well, our hours got cut back. So you could say something like that. So it's like you could do what you wanted for half the time and not even what you wanted, because I think he was saying that he didn't want her to question like, you know, why isn't he looking for or why is he looking for a job or not looking for a job, whatever. But he could look for a job in those hours and like kind of make it part time work so he could still stay back with the baby and help out a little bit more. But yeah, once she finds out, she's going to be mad. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely 
pull the paternity. Paternity leave seems like a good one. Mm-hmm. Like, because then you get to, then you can be home helping out with the children, right? Yes. With, and without being the thing. But I mean, his excuse is dumb anyway, because it was very much like, well, I don't want to tell her I lost my job because I know she's going to make me, she's going to want me to do the exact thing that I really should fucking do. Right. Like, right. And is get a goddamn job. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I, I guess I don't understand. I've never understood the mindset of the people who think they're too good or uh, too unique or too thing just to get a damn job and get a paycheck. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I it, certainly it, feel like we've had a couple of people like that on this show where they've gone in like wasn't there some guy I cannot remember with the painting and he like was too good to paint something. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember that even Michael does it is the same kind of the same way. Michael's never going to have a job where he has a boss. And yeah. it just infuriates me that not just the, the people like not just it infuriates me when anybody thinks they're too good for a job. Like right. nobody's too good for a job. And it really infuriates me when it's like, yeah, where have you been so far? You made some awful choices in the past. You definitely are not too good for a job. Right. Right. And so it 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 just it infuriates me when when to hear the people like, well, she's gonna want me to get a bona fide job. What do you mean bona fide job? Get paid. You have a family to support. Get your money, dude. Yeah. Like Yeah. I wonder if he got fired because his work realized that he was all talk and the execution was absolutely terrible. Well, and that's the thing. He did he's he said laid off, but we, we yeah, I could I could also see him getting fired for cause and then him saying I got laid off. Right, right. Because it's like, well, maybe you just stop getting asked to do jobs because you do a crappy job. Because I don't know if we're to go off of like his work portfolio being the basement that he prepared for Bobby, then I would say this guy is not the kind of guy you want on your work crew. No, absolutely not. Like he, yeah, the (laughs) completely unfinished drywall that he put up that didn't even match up. Like, yeah. and it, even when he does the power washing, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like you, do you, have you worked before? Like, I think most people expect that, okay, you suck when you started something, but like, yeah. I think he might not improve at all, especially cause he was doing like construction, right? Right. Like he was right. on like a construction crew. I just, I can't imagine like, and he would, I am also imagine he would be a super annoying person in the crew that would be, you know. The kind of person that fucks up every job you d- you gave yeah. them, but is also saying like, no, nah, I'll tell you what, it's the smart thing to, to do that. is to do it this way. And yeah. you're like, you shut up. You can't even do the simple thing we gave you. <laughs> like, right. Don't you be telling everybody else how to do their job and tell the you know foreman how to do his job because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. It, this reminds me of like when uh, Taylor was first talking about Chance and she seemed real – kind of proud of the fact the reason why he was in prison right which is that he sweet talked some bank teller into giving him money right, right? and so but, it's kind of like yeah that's the his worst quality right yeah. his way to like kind of like sales pitch and kind of like you know talk his way through things that he really shouldn't be able to you know talk his way through well so. also didn't we come to find out because he's also full of shit Yes. Didn't we come to find out that his sweet talking involved writing, I have a gun, give me the money on a piece of paper? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Oh, my goodness. He is. Wow, you really sweet talked your money out of that one, buddy. All right. And that's even before we get to the stupid gambling. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And it's like, what are what money are you gambling with? Like, I feel so bad for her. Yeah, she has she no idea how bad things are. That's the thing. Like, yeah, he's making things worse. Like, quite honestly, she would be better off by herself because she wouldn't be negative money. Right? Yes, he is. She'd not he be is positive money. She he is a drain on their finances. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. All right. Uh, let's move on to Lindsay and Blaine. So Blaine wakes up on the couch and feeds a cat while Lindsay is in the other room, not sure what to do. She's upset that he took the deal without discussing it with her. Lindsay has a suitcase house out and she's packing up her stuff when Blaine knocks on the door and asks her why she's packing. Lindsay says that she doesn't have to tell him because they are clearly not communicating. Blaine tries to tell her that he had to do what he had to do to stay out of prison. Lindsay walks off with her suitcase without saying much, and Blaine is starting to get mad, and Lindsay flips him off as she drives off. Blaine says he tried to defuse the situation, but he can't chase after her because he's not about to violate his house arrest. Lindsay makes a mysterious call to someone she, uh, she calls Baby to tell them she's coming to get them. Blaine's dad stops by and is completely unsurprised Lindsay got mad about the ankle monitor. Blaine was expecting her to come to his testimony in church for moral support. It's one of the freedoms he gets with house arrest. Miley Grace and Lindsay's grandma Brenda are both at church, and Blaine asks them where Lindsay is, but Brenda doesn't know. Blaine is concerned that Lindsay is running with her old crowd or possibly using again. Uh, As Blaine is doing his testimony, we see Lindsay sneak into the middle of it. Blaine tells the story of how he came to uh, be in a life of crime. He talks about his love for his grandma, and we see that she had died recently, which is part of his motivation to stay sober and live right. He also gives a shout out to Lindsay and her daughter and grandma, which makes Lindsay cry. Lindsay wants to be with Blaine, and she says that he's the most genuine person, even though he's lied to her. After the service, Lindsay takes Blaine aside. Blaine says he's not sure if he should expect her to leave now, and Lindsay says that she's also not used to him hiding things. He firmly believes that he made the right decision. Lindsay says that she was just with her friend Stephanie uh, and she just needed some space. Blaine admits that it was hard talking to Lindsay because she can be really stubborn. Lindsay says that she can work on that, but they still need to talk about things. They kiss and make up. Blaine is happy to hear her apologize, but thinks that actions speak louder than words. All right, so... uh. This is, I thought this was really endearing um, because I don't know if I expected an apology out of Lindsay. What do you think? Uh, yes. I mean, I don't think, I don't know that we've ever actually seen her apologize for anything. Right. Ever. Yeah. Um, and geez, this is, this is guy number three we've seen her Right. With. Sure, um, sure. So I, I definitely, I definitely take that to mean not necessarily that she's mellowing out, but I, I, I kind of do am on the thing because I think she actually cares about this guy more than yes. the other guys she was with. And so I, now I she's like, oh, so I have to fix – we have to fix this. Like right. I don't want to – this is not somebody I just want to – I just want to get away from and be mad at and find an excuse to do it, which is I think what she did with the other two guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean it's interesting because for Scott, I certainly think she was in it for the money. Deontay, I it was hard to tell because she was trying to prove she wasn't exactly like his ex Nicole. So I feel like she never asked for money. That's not to say that he didn't offer up things and give her things, but she never asked for it. 
No, so, I, I got the impression for those. I, I kind of, I kind of subscribe to the fake for the show thing. I think they were yeah. like, "Hey, here's an opportunity for both of us to stay on this show." Right. Like, we will get with each other, and then it was just like, "Yeah, this is no, I don't like you very much." Like, yeah. It yeah. is what I think is is the kind of. Imp- I mean, that just seems like it was a relationship she was willing to give a try. That yes. she just in person, she was like, "Nah, like you're too." He's too clingy. needy. He was too needy and intense and clingy. So Absolutely. So clingy. Yeah. 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 But this guy, it's like, well, this was her friend from before. Right. Kind of seemed like this was more of a natural progression of their relationship. So for definitely sure. For sure. see more of a, a foundation for success in this one. Yeah. Uh, what does – this is – again, I'm looking at people's T-shirts. What does Jesus is my plug mean? I don't I'm, know. I don't know. I, 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 it gives him energy. I don't know. I think is what they're going for. Like Jesus gives me energy. He plugged me. But it was like Blaine had this shirt. This was Blaine's yes. shirt, by the way. He said, Jesus yes. is my plug. And I was like, is that some kind of weird sex thing? What's going on here? Oh, gosh. I don't think so. My goodness. It definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't. But I was like – I don't think he'd wear that to church. <laughs> I hope not. I don't know. It's always funny too because I'm – I was raised Catholic and like – these kind of like church things where people like – I think it's I think it's relatively relatively common in like evangelical churches where people like profess their truth and give their testament of things. It's so uncomfortable for me because <laughs> I'm just like, no, we have a script that we're supposed to read from. Just read oh, from yeah. the script, man. Like, yeah. Uh, you're telling me up, it's in your heart. I'm uncomfortable with this. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of grew up more in a, this kind of church where it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's uh, testimonies and stuff like that. I, nothing exactly quite extreme like that, but – no, yeah. no, I was definitely Be like, no, open. these are the words we say. We say the same words every week. There's a little part where the guy with the, the – only the guy we've designated as being the holy guy, he's the only one who gets to make up things on the fly. Everybody yeah, but else, then why did they change the words? That to me was very confusing. Oh, and they changed the Catholic – story. it was yes. – I don't know. It was What's a whole thing. That? They wanted a more accurate representation of the – what was the meaning behind the Latin words in the Latin mass that yeah. – they were derived from it was a whole thing well that's confusing um, to me because i when i think i went to a funeral recently that was a uh, catholic service oh and you like, got thrown, these you are got not the words the, you got the thrown by the end with your spirits oh man yeah. different words all, all right. right um so we did not see sarah and sean this week so out of this group who was your student of the week uh i said amber um we didn't really talk about much about what she did but because we fo- kind of focused on puppy, but mm-hmm. it sounds like she has an ambitious life plan that yeah. is not a pipe dream, like actually something that could that sounds like it could be successful. So good yeah. for her. Yeah, um, I actually went with Cameron. I mean, I starting to like him like more and more every week. I mean, I never mm-hmm. disliked him. He started off kind of more so on the positive anyway, but I appreciate that he recognizes. Uh, that, you know, it takes more to be a husband, you know, if you're going to get a long, long term. And I also appreciate that he seeked advice outside of their relationship and, you know, like, was like, okay, I need someone to tell me I was wrong if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and then went along with it too, you know, because sometimes people would just defend, I don't care what you say, you know, but yeah. yeah. So I thought Cameron did pretty good. All right. How about your dunce? A chance. Like I, I feel like 
there's only so many people you can give it to every week. And I know Chance gets it a lot, but it's because he's really dumb. How do you lie about being laid off? I know. Like right? that's that's a major – that's so huge. Like it's something that it, – it is so – and he's like, well, I can't believe how stressful this is. I was like, yeah, because you're trying to do it all alone. And you don't know what you're doing. It's just it's his choices don't make any sense. Yeah. Um, I actually went with Derek, uh, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I can't can't blame you. Yeah. I, I just I don't even know what they're doing, but it's like I don't know. I don't understand how you could leave things like that. And your next step is. Okay, we're gonna get engaged. Right. It's it like, was we have we have like a three step. I cheated on you repeatedly, yeah, and without remorse. Right. Two, you got in a fight with my sisters. We both said we're done. Dot dot dot. Now I'm gonna propose to her. Like, yeah. where, where, how do we get from this point to this no, point? I have no idea. Yeah. Um. All right. What about your life lesson? All right. So my goes to I'm a bit for Michael's. Like, if you want to hide money from your wife, right? Hey, you need to come up with an excuse besides like one – like you you thought you were going to be able to replace it. But you know that she might find out you gave the money. So I feel yeah. like trying to come up with an excuse on the fly is your first mistake. Your second mistake is do better than – oh, I, I, I had a great idea, a great opportunity for crypto and NFTs. Like yeah. that would uh, – it might have worked on Justine. That would just be – that would just make me be like, What? That's even worse. You yeah. took twelve thousand dollars and put it into crypto, right, dude? I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like why am I coming up with so much better lies for these people? But like, it would have been easier just to be like family emergency. My sister or my mom needed the money for make up some tragedy and be like, she they're gonna pay us back. Don't worry yeah, about yeah. It. Some somebody needed somebody needed a tonsillectomy or something, and yeah. they need a, yeah they needed money real quick. Yeah, right. Sure. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, my life lesson kind of aimed towards a couple of couples, uh, Brittany and Marcelino. And then also I was kind of originally thinking uh, Justina and Michael, especially because Michael is planning on, you know, uh, gallivanting without his wedding ring on. Um, if you're going to do something like that, you really need to do your best to reassure your partner in other ways. So if you feel like, you know, having a ring on – is, uh, you know, makes you feel reassured that, you know, you're letting it be known you're taken and you're going to take that away from someone. You really need to do your best to reassure your partner in other ways that are meaningful to them. And I feel like the same with Brittany and Marcelino. Like, I feel like Marcelino may feel like, uh, you know, he's reassuring Brittany how he feels in this relationship, but it's not the same way that she's actually hearing it. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're still going. Um, with still a lot of stuff going on. I yeah, guess I, there's more opportunities for Chance to mess things up even more. I mean, every week I feel like we say he really can't do anything dumber, but then he does. Like this week he gets fired. Yeah, and the people get fired, people get laid off. But like lying to your partner about it when they got a lot of crap going at home just, and could I use your help. Yeah, yeah, that's just – just awful yeah oh goodness all right so we'll be back next week hopefully chance will smarten up a little bit yeah <laughs> or not but we yeah. get some other dummies too we get we will get sean back we can have him, him oh, be dumb yes. like somebody's got a there's got to be a balance of, of idiocy on this show right okay so uh until then all right see everybody then okay bye okay, bye mm -hmm.